Hello, thank you for tuning into The Right Life. My name is Maureen McDowell. I hope you had a happy holiday if you celebrate. And if not, I hope that you took time to be thankful. Um, regardless if you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, I think it's always a good time to give thanks for what we have in life. Um, I am going to lead with a poem of mine that I wrote in my early 20s. Um, and it came out in my first poetry book in 2006, uh, Exploring My Options. This book is almost out of print. I will probably bring some of the poems back in uh, a collected poems whenever I decide to do that. But I, a lot of these poems were showed a lot of enthusiasm, but I've really grown as a poet. And so it's really interesting to go back and um, reread them. But many of them, I still um, hold very near and dear to my heart. And I, it's nice to see what I would have been 31 because this book came out. I sent it off to be printed because I self-published. I sent it off to be printed the same week that my child was born in 2006. So talk about new beginnings. I became a literally a published poet and a mother in the same time, even though I ended up not realizing I was going to be a mother until about three months later when James came to live with me since he was born to my youngest sister. But I'm rambling. Anyway, this poem is called Prison Break, and it felt very appropriate to where I'm at right now. Do we have the courage to set our dreams free? Can we allow them to fly for all the world to see? We, we remain in cages we build around ourselves, internally challenging our oppression while putting our dreams on the shelf. To be stored for safekeeping in a faraway place. Why do we keep our dreams hidden for a later date? We can shine our brightest and realize our light if we just trust in the outcome and let our dreams take flight. I wanted to read that poem because I have structured my life in a way that gives me more space uh, for being a writer. And I also have avenues to get my writing out there. And writing for me has been something that I've always done, but I haven't necessarily um, focused only on it. And I probably won't continue to focus only on it, but because this space was opening up for me to focus more on my writing, all of a sudden a lot of fear came in. And um, I actually did a, a wonderful exercise. And I think I mentioned it last time about writing down uh, what my greatest hope is for my writing career. And then writing down the 13 greatest fears I have if it came true. And that has been really wild to kind of experience the effects of it after uh, going through that exercise. And there's a lot of fear that's coming up. And I actually start realized that I started like scheduling up my life really full again with like social events and like filling my calendar up. And then I, I caught myself today going, why are you doing this? Like you just like open your schedule up to have more free time to write and I mean, currently I have a book 
mending the nets um, out. I'm sending all the work out. It's a finished manuscript. It's in the process of being edited. Um, I'm sending work out uh, to be submitted to magazines. I just, right before I got on this podcast, found out two more of the poems, uh, the title poem, Mending the Nets, and another one, The Red Shag Carpet Stairs, have been accepted um, to a, a magazine, which is awesome. And then one of the poems, Great Grandmother, was accepted into um, Down in the Dirt magazine, which came out in October, and they've chosen it for their year-end anthology too. So that's great. So out of this manuscript, I already have eight publications, uh, which I'm learning the process looks really good for when I send the manuscript out to get it published. Um, Fingers crossed, of course. But it's wild because I have been feeling really insecure about my writing lately because I, I have been, I mean, I'll be honest, I've been watching a lot of my peers, like really, uh, experience a lot of success. And, uh, I am so grateful to be surrounded by people that are like being nominated for pushcart prizes and they're giving their, their runners up in uh, manuscript contests and getting their work published. And I, had a couple months where I just wasn't being well I mean a couple months my father passed away <laughs> see see how the critic comes in I'm sitting here beating myself up for the couple months that I didn't feel productive and my father had passed away so I just started working on setting submitting my workout again and then I um just found out that I got two poems published so the point is, is that sometimes we can really be our worst critics and we can let fear get in there and we can, we can allow, um, realities that are not real essentially come in and ideas come in and flood our systems and cause us to doubt ourselves. And I knew deep down that there was nothing that was going to stop me from writing. I was going to keep sending my work out. I was going to keep writing. I mean, I have three projects in the works right now there's no part of me that's not going to keep doing it. But there was this fear that was creeping up that it, I actually, now that I have time to focus on it, first off, I thought I would get bored, believe it or not, that I would um, not feel like I had an adventurous life if I was just writing. Isn't that wild? That was one of my fears. Another one that came in is that I would just, you know, I think every writer has this fear that you'll just write into oblivion and no one will ever care or respond to your writing. Uh, I often have the fear that I don't write. Um, I'm not creative enough. Like my, my, my vocabulary isn't as extensive because I tend to write at a ninth to 10th grade level. Every time I put my writing into word count, the word counter, it tells me I write at like a ninth to 10th grade level which is fine for me. Uh, it's what works for me. It It's how I was built. It's how I think I, but I do feel that I cover a lot of really deep and intense topics, but my vocabulary isn't um, academic, if you will. And there was a part of me that was thinking that there was something wrong with me or no one would really respond to my writing or it just was too juvenile. And then I find a letter from my father that um, 
I had taken some a couple of his bookcases home. This happened a couple months ago, but I reread the letter today. I had taken a couple of his bookcases home from his house because he had like about um, six or seven bookcases full of books. And I took two of them back to my space to be in my writing room and like emptied the whole bookcases out, put them into a U-Haul van, transported them downstairs. Like he had like a, a, a upstairs garage apartment. So the bookcases came all the way down the stairs, went into the U-Haul van came all the way up the stairs of my apartment. I live on the second floor of a building. Got put up and I was going and putting books in them. And I looked at the bottom of one of the bookcases was a crumpled up pieces of paper in the back of the bookcase at the bottom. And I grabbed it and it was a letter that my father had written to Hemingway. (laughs) And I swear it was a message from him. And in it, he just thanked Hemingway for writing in such a clear way that he could feel connected to all of his very unsophisticated ways of being as a young person. And it was a way that he was able to bring to light all of these feelings that my father had felt were um, just too big and too complicated to really express with the world or share. And Hemingway put it on the page. And he was like, why couldn't you have been okay with just being a writer? Why did you have to, you know, complicate your life so much. Like you wrote such beautiful prose. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and that to me was a letter from my father to just, not that I'm comparing myself to Hemingway, but just that very simple way of writing where you don't have to complicate things. And then I thought about all the people that have all the, these um, feelings and thoughts and deep emotions in them. And, and they can't actually find an outlet for it or a way to express it until they read it on a page and that I think is what's the power, the, one of the many powerful things about literature is that you can see yourself reflected through a writer's words and you can feel seen and you can feel heard and you can feel understood and you can feel nourished. And for me as a young person, that was the only place I really felt those things was in the pages of a book. And even though I bring up my father a lot and I, I love both of my parents dearly, but they were young and many ways dumb and how to raise children. And in, in the seventies, you know, there's tons of, tons of reels and memes you can see about how generation X kids were just raised by wolves. So, and I am definitely a generation X kid. So, but I uh, was thinking about like all the people that want to write, or maybe you're in the middle of writing something or any, any creative endeavor or even maybe a relationship. Uh, It doesn't have to be about being creative. Any any place that you're in where you're putting yourself out there and you're opening your heart and you're, you're kind of bleeding on the page, if you will, it can be so daunting and it can be so scary and you can feel like you're all alone and no one will care and you're gonna fail. And I mean, the list of, of ways and that you can not succeed is like infinite. It's like a it's like the the list that Santa has of all the kids in the world with all their Christmas gifts, you know, the scroll. Like you could have a scroll of all of the ways that you think that you won't um accomplish your goals and dreams. But what are we here for? You know, we're here to explore and grow and re- reach our 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 growth edges and and have adventures and and just experience what it means to be human 
And, and as a creative, every single day I wake up excited. Um, it, it, sometimes it's mixed with, mixed with terror. Sometimes it's mixed with, you know, um, doubt. Um, but I do wake up with that feeling of that. What's going to happen today? What, what's going to, what, what's going to be revealed on the page? Um, what, what's spark or, or piece of inspiration is going to hit me in the most randomest places. Um, I was interviewing someone for our typewriter talks podcast, which comes Gail Massey. It'll come, it'll be live tomorrow, um, through keep St. Pete lit. And she was talking about how she's writing a book or just wrote a book and some conversation that she overheard when she was seven years old came to her out of nowhere while she was writing the book. And it was the perfect piece of dialogue for that section of the book. And I thought, how fucking cool is that? <laughs> like a conversation from when you were seven that you overheard that you had no idea was still trapped in your brain or in your, you know, your subconscious all of a sudden rumbles up to be the perfect piece of dialogue for a book you're writing. I mean, that's magic. Like what a cool life to be able to be a part of that as a creative person. And I was talking to an artist last night and he, he says when he looks at something, the first thing he sees is colors. And, um, Oliver was there and he, um, he mentioned that he sees shapes first and that cracked a joke. Well, that's why you saw me <laughs> because I'm so curvy. It's funny, but like, you know, how different people see things differently and that is their own specific brand of genius. And I always have to be reminded of the fact that what I have to write is unique to me. And if I don't get it down on the page, there's not another person that is going to write the way that I do. And then that piece of writing will never get out in the world. And what a shame that is. I'm getting up and walking across the room because I have this wonderful great uh, quote that I've had in my, um, it was in my pottery studio when I studied pottery in my twenties and it is now on my writing desk. And it's um, by Martha Graham to Agnes DeMille. There is a vitality, a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable it is, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours, cleanly and directly, to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep open and aware directly the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. No artist is pleased. There is no satisfaction, whatever, at any time. There is only a queer, divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us searching and makes us more alive than the others. I fucking love that quote. <laughs> That's such a such a, a queer, divine dissatisfaction. Like this, this constant questing, this constant seeking, this this curiosity to continue to unpack what it means to be human and what it means to live life. I mean, I cannot think of another way to live 
that would be so exciting. Well, for me personally, you know, and as a writer, you do it in your robe from your desk in your house. <laughs> like you don't even have to go anywhere, you know, like you, you just sit there in your own space and, and create worlds and create worlds. And it's funny because, you know, I, I'm, have been, it's about a year and a half into my relationship with Oliver. And I said to him, you know, I spend a lot of time like kind of laying around like a cat, <laughs> but, and, and he's more of a doer. He chills out too. Don't get me wrong. But I, I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit like self-conscious about how like quote unquote lazy I might appear, but actually like, while I'm chilling out, if what it looks like I'm processing and I'm thinking and I'm plotting and I'm planning. Um, sometimes it means I'm horizontal and laying in the bed. Sometimes it means I'm curled in, up in a ball, looking out the window and it could, it has the appearance that I'm doing nothing, but all I'm doing, but I'm doing anything, but nothing. I am processing and I'm planning and I'm, I'm exploring in my brain and, and kind of excavating my subconscious and the internal adventures that I have are infinite. And, and, and I would love to live a thousand lives just for the ability to keep writing. And also there's so many books to read. So, but those are the things that propel me forward and keep me going. Even when doubt and fear creep in and they'll always creep in because we're human and that's part of the human condition, unfortunately. But the magic is, is to love something so much as I do writing that you don't allow yourself to be halted by your fears or doubts. So I hope that this resonates with you. You might be in the exact same position as me. You might uh, be want thinking about the new year and some project that you want to start. I always, this time of year, I, I, my birthday was on November 14th. I'm always like thinking about the new year. I feel like I, you know, I'm starting a new birthday year. I I'm always kind of this time of year, imagining the whole next year of how I kind of, what, what I want to accomplish, um, what I'm, you know, what my dreams are. And, um, I have a big year of change and growth coming up. My child is graduating in May from high school. Uh, I'll be moving in moving out of the apartment I'm in now and we're getting a house with Oliver. Um, I am moving into spaces where I have more time to write. My organization is, is found a beautiful rhythm. Uh, lots of travel planned for the summer if my finances will allow, but fingers crossed, I am going to be living a, an abundant life. I am living an abundant life. Always put it into present tense. I am living an abundant life. So that's where the doubt and fear tends to come in because it's like, can I really live um, at the level that I dream and desire? And can I really have all these wonderful, beautiful things come into my life? And why not, right? Why not? I mean, that's what uh, we're here for, right? To have a blast. At least I think that. So why not? Um, why not be in a state of expectation for that? So I'm sending you all the love. I'm going to do a couple more podcast episodes, probably until the mid of middle of December. And then I'll take a break for the holidays and we'll end season one of the right life. Uh, I am so grateful to all of you that listen regularly. Um, if this is your first time listening, thank you. 
Uh, I will be putting out a newsletter on Substack coming out uh, on the 5th of January. I'm going to shoot for the 5th of every month. It will be a $35 a month subscription. I'm so excited to share all kinds of my little Maureenisms that, that I found. Um, I have this one, uh, like five, uh, like this little routine of five different exercises that takes maybe like, I don't know, like five minutes to do in the morning. And I can't even tell you how it's changed my life. I will, I, if I forget to do it, because I often do, because I'm always like, wake up, get tea. This is after the kid's been dropped off. I've get to, I've got this window to write, wake up, get tea, get to the, get to the desk, start writing, but I'll get to the desk and I'll feel so stiff and my neck will feel stiff. And I'll be like, oh, I forgot to do my five little exercises and then I'll do them. And I'm having less neck pain. I'm having less hip pain. So I'm going to be sharing that in the newsletter that I, I found online with the link to the person that I found it through. Uh, I've got a lot of little tips and tricks that um, I'm going to be collecting every month. Uh, there'll be tips related to the creative process, but I always like to include that life is a creative process, uh, you know, and that's why I call it the right life, this podcast. And that's will be what the um, newsletter will be. And um, it'll be $35 a month if you want to subscribe. And I will um, make sure before this season ends of this podcast to give you all the information. And maybe you want to wait until January to subscribe until the pod the newsletter's already got out. That's totally cool. But um, it'll be worth it. I mean, $35 a month. Think about how, how much, how often you spend that. You just like, don't even think about it. It's like going out to eat minuscule, a, a small meal. If you go out these days with the prices of food. Anyway, I'm sending you lots of love. Thank you so much for tuning into the right life. If you want to know more about me, you can go to maureenmcdole.com and please be you. It's a good look on you and I'll see you next week.